Thank you for joining us for our pastor's conversation this week. I sit down with Pastor Joy Lawrence, and we talk a little bit about what's going on in our families of our church, how God is at work in the home, and also what it means to participate in Sunday worship. Well, I'm here with Pastor Joy. We're in the same room uh, at a safe distance from one another, but uh, it's good to be in the same room. How, how are you doing at home? How's the Lawrence household? Oh, man, we have we figured out a rhythm. Uh, this week, the week after Easter, is my kids' spring break. And so they've been listening to audiobooks in the morning while I really uh, focus on work and, and schoolwork. I finished a big assignment this week. Um, and I'm almost finished. My husband and I have to share the office, so when we both have conference calls at the same time, uh, one of us goes to another room and is on their phone rather than the computer, so uh, there's some sharing of space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's over. There's peace at our home, and we're well, so that's something to give thanks for. Yeah. And I'm hearing that from a lot of people checking in and just saying, you know, there's some really sweet, wonderful, peaceful... Mm-hmm. family moments going on, especially ones with kids under roof, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, there's there's frustrations as well. In your work uh, with children and children's ministry and, and pastoring and guiding and shepherding that program, what are you what are you hearing that's encouraging or discouraging from from folks in our congregation? Well, one thing I've heard is uh, children participating in worship with their parents at home, Yeah, which is a real high value that I have, is uh, children in worship. Uh, Here we do have the Sunday Kids Camp program, which is a great children's worship program, but uh, studies show the benefit of kids worshiping with adults. So when when you and your family are sitting around your computer or TV streaming the, the worship service, it's there is a deep spiritual value for your kids to be there watching with you, encourage them to participate, to stand up when you stand to uh, maybe listen to the scripture reading and draw a picture or draw pictures during the sermon. Um, And I have heard from, uh, I heard from one person who said, you know, my kids were listening to the sermon and they understood it, Mm. which that's something to give thanks for. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, Participation in worship. Oh, has, yes. Has been something that we, I know that you particularly have been beating the drum ever since you came on staff mm-hmm. uh, about the, the importance of participation in worship. And it's mm-hmm. something that we've talked about uh, as pastors in these these weeks here of, of shelter at home is if we really have a value of participating in worship, mm-hmm. uh, what does that mean? So yeah, just so people understand and this is this is a format where we get to be a little honest about where we where we are uh, right. pastorally. For me, um, when we made the choice to go to live streamer, that choice was basically made for us in a lot of ways. Uh, that was like a nightmare for me um, because I have such a high value for that communal gathering mm-hmm. and actually being in person and what happens mm-hmm. when we actually gather in the same physical space together. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of tears and difficulty. And I know you all on staff probably saw me in some, you know, not so gracious places as we mm-hmm. were making that decision. Um, I just never imagined a time when we wouldn't be able to be in the same place, but this is what God has given us. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to do the best that we can with live stream services on Thursdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had the opportunity last Friday while you were leading to actually sit in my house and experience that in the house because I wanted to experience that at least once Mm -hmm. with my family. And it was really sweet and it Mm -hmm. was wonderful and it was a great service. But I did notice that the attention spans, it's different. Yeah. There was crosstalk going on during the service. There was getting up and getting some water. There was, you know, uh, you know, kind of poking a brother or sister, Mm -hmm. maybe things that don't happen as readily in the in the sanctuary so but singing and Mm -hmm. and actively listening what do you feel like participate what does it mean for you to participate right now in the format that we're in yeah yeah and I agree with you Lars the challenge of this format and I think it's because often our TVs computers are used for entertainment yes and so when we approach we have a certain interaction with a screen yeah we think I'm going to be entertained now I'm going to sit I mean how much you know, there's a few classic movies that people interact with participatorily yes. in a participating way, but not very many. I mean, mm. there's like sing-along sound of musics and stuff. Right. But most of the time we just watch a movie. And um, and so it's the medium is the message, sometimes uh, theorists, media theorists have said. And, and so, but this is different because you know the people who are leading. It's mm-hmm. a face that you know. It's someone you've sat down with, maybe uh, chatted with in the garden court in the, in the times past, or you can text with sometimes. So um, the relationship is there. But even at home, I would, I would advocate for and, and use this language that I love about worship participation, which mm-hmm. is full, active, and conscious worship. So yeah. full in that everyone is there. So um, in your family, when you're sitting around to participate in worship, every can everyone be there hmm. being together? So full, active. So you're not, pa- that's as an opposite of passive. So you're, you're active. You're standing up, sitting down, looking up the passage in your Bible. Uh, sometimes journaling, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Taking notes yeah. in a journal. Sometimes that helps for conversations later. I, that's really where, where I find the value of that in. Um, and then if there's an invitation to pray, not just listening to someone pray, but actively uh, praying in your heart. So what are some ways now that we have a screen between... Oh, sorry, you got one Oh, yeah, more. I have one yeah. more. So full, <laughs> active, and conscious worship. Yes. So that you're not just like thinking about something else. Yes. So that your mind is tracking with what's going on. Yes. Okay, so that's where so I was going to ask... Full, ac- active, conscious, conscious. worship. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was going to ask with the conscious piece. Um, if we have a normal interaction with a screen is, I'm, I'm consuming this. Mm-hmm. So I know that for me, if somebody sends me a eight minute YouTube video on some teaching or something. Oftentimes if I'm five minutes in and I feel like I got the point, I'm like, okay, I got it. And I shut it off. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I'm consuming this thing for what I can extract from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and depending on what that video is, that may be appropriate to, mm-hmm. to do that and maybe effective way to do that. But we view worship as different. It's participatory conscious participation beginning to end. Right. Right. What are some tools that w- that can keep us from being consumers of what's on the screen in front of us. Yeah. So one question that can be really useful is to approach the worship, and especially I'd say the teaching and reading of the word, with the question, God, speak to me today. What, What do you, God, what do you want to say to me today? I am listening. Yeah. So that we approach hearing the word with an, with an open heart. Yes. Um, and I, I'm not teaching about this because this is something that's intuitive and natural for me. I'm teaching about this because sometimes 
and and I don't think I'm alone here, but I'll confess that I'll think, well, how would I have said that? Or what are they missing? Yeah. Which are not, that's not, that's not a posture of trust and listening to God. That's like, what can I say? What's important about me? Yes. But what the, did I like? What did I like? Right. Yes. So it's about preference or it's about our own knowledge rather than having a soft heart before the Lord and saying, God, what do you have to say to me today? And, um, and so really then it's a posture of listening mm-hmm. and uh, rather than assessing or saying, well, did I like it? Because this is not a meal at a restaurant. This is uh, worship before the Lord. And and another thing to remember is that, I mean, we have a consumerist society, right? And often we think about, well, did I like it or not? But my friends, you, we are not the audience for worship. Right. God is the audience. Right. We are worshiping for God. We are worshiping because God is so great and has done so many things on our behalf that God is... Uh, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that's why we worship, because we worship God. Uh, And God is the subject and the object of worship. He's the main point, and Mm -hmm. he's the reason why. Mm -hmm. And and so we get to participate in this. This is a a privilege. Yes. And which is amazing, because God doesn't need our worship, but he really does desire it. Right. And he's not just the subject and object of Sarah or Ruth or whoever right. who is leading the worship. Right. When we sing along, he's the subject and object of that. Right. When we open our hearts and our ears to to what he's doing and what he's saying in us mm-hmm. in the midst of that worship service, mm-hmm. he's the subject and the object of the right. worship. Right. And God isn't just, you know, assessing the preacher or assessing the music leader, right? It, it, God sees all of us and he sees our thoughts and our hearts during that time. And that's a way for us to show devotion and allegiance to the King of Kings. Yeah. And I would say, and and I would want the congregation to know for anyone who's listening, um, that we are, we are limited Mm -hmm. by some of that connection and participation by screens. It cannot accomplish That's right. what can normally be accomplished when we're in the sanctuary together or mm-hmm. we're in the upper room together or we're in each other's homes and, and worshiping mm-hmm. together in that way. Um, but God can still be honored even mm-hmm. at a distance and even with our best efforts to try and stay connected. Let me, let me move towards sermons. Okay. Because this is where, um, when we talk about worship music, when we talk about reading of God's word, when we talk about prayers and things like that, I think... I, I, it's an easier question for me. Sermons are, are tough, uh, Mm -hmm. in this format for me in some ways, because, um, because we essentially are opening up the ministry of the word to the entire world when we put it on our website or we put it Mm -hmm. on our social media, anybody can come in and see that. Now, obviously here on a regular Sunday morning, the doors are open. Anybody can come to church, right? Mm -hmm. But here we are trying to do if, if we really went to the nth degree of, of who could be logging in in a different country across the ocean somewhere, um, we have to do almost cross-cultural preaching, which is not what we're used to doing right. on, a Sunday, on a Sunday morning. And I like to think of, of sermons in particular, ministry of the word, as, as really a moment in time. Mm-hmm. that exists in that space and that's where it exists the best mm-hmm. and any existence that it has beyond that is sort of secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that means 
I've never recycled a sermon Mm -hmm. other than maybe a funeral sermon for someone I didn't really know that well, right? Mm -hmm. And I just needed to do good textual work. But when it comes to Sunday morning uh, sermons for Hinsdale Covenant Church, uh, Mm -hmm. I've never recycled a sermon before. Right. I may may use some textual work that I've done Mm -hmm. in other sermons. But I believe that every single time you preach, it's a, it, it is for that day and it is f- preached in particular for those people. Mm-hmm. So talk about that in our sort of digital yeah. uh, situation that we're in. And then what does that mean to listen to that? Right. So, I mean, I'm still in planning services and sermons. I'm still thinking about the congregation here at Hinsdale so Covenant yep. Church. I'm not thinking about someone who might be uh, far away in another state. I mean, if you are, you're, I'm glad you're here and, right. and welcome, but you're you're in a different context. And one of the things that... And we would probably advise you to go to be blessed by what's right. being offered mm-hmm. to you, but go find a local congregation. Totally. Yeah. Because that's the church is always local. And um, it, at least in my own seminary study, we study biblical studies and theology, but we also do a lot of conversation about what is context, right? Mm-hmm. What's the context here in Hinsdale in 2020? Who are the people here? Um, wh- what is their stories? What's the story of this church? And and so when we prayerfully prepare sermons, we're thinking about specific people and situations and the question isn't just, what does this text say? But it's, what does this text say to this church? Yes. Which is, um, which is the task of preaching. Yes. And for us, as we live into the call that this church has given to us, I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a letter of call from this church saying that we, 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 we are calling you to guide us and lead us and preach to us and, and teach in, in some ways, the sermon to me is the most intimate connection mm-hmm. that I have with the people in terms of my own effort mm-hmm. to intimately connect to the issues that they're dealing with, the hope that they need, the correction that they need. Mm-hmm. But also, they're in many ways getting the most high context uh, uh, ministry that I do mm-hmm. in those 20 minutes mm-hmm. on, on a Sunday morning. And I think part of what can be stolen from that, now they're incredible amount of resource and you think about the amount of sermon resources that have been added to the internet in the last you know five weeks Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's really kind of mind-boggling right Mm -hmm. um uh you can get a sermon from anywhere and and i know that it's super easy and accessible i can listen to uh you know favorite pastors that i have you know around the country Mm -hmm. you know i can listen to tim keller or, or john mark homer and and begin to compare myself but there has to be a point where we go, yeah, but they're not called to this context and I'm not called right. to their context. Right. Um, but that also applies to the listeners as well. Yes. To say, you know, I can go online to this church or this church or this person that's really charismatic or this person that I really, mm-hmm. you know, I think their biblical teaching is great or, you know, I really like where this person is on this issue. Mm-hmm. But it's important for the congregation to know that person isn't called. Mm-hmm to preach to you because they don't know you. Right. And they don't know your context. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's been one of the big benefits for me is, is, is living in our context, you know, here in the Western suburbs, as close mm-hmm. as you can possibly live, um, is, uh, I feel like the preaching has become more intimate and more rich in that sense. So mm-hmm. what are some tips that you have with all of those yeah. kind of barriers in mind of going, uh, how do we, how do we listen? How do we listen? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think first, I, through the week, 
um, we're not, I mean, first, we're not just Christians on Sunday. We're Christians every day of the week. We're followers of Jesus mm-hmm. every day of the week. So um, Sunday is very important because that's when we gather together with the body. We worship God together. We hear the word in a contextual way uh, that has been prayerfully prepared for us. But then as the, as the week goes by, it's my hope and prayer that people will anticipate coming back together again yes. and will prayerfully prepare. So prepare in advance um, to even say, God, speak because your servant is listening. Yeah. Help open my ears to hear what you have to say for me. And that might be sometimes words of comfort. Sometimes it might be words of conviction. Sometimes it might be words of encouragement. Uh, There's a lot of different kinds of words that you can hear, and it depends on where you are in your walk with Jesus and, and your faith. So I think to prayerfully anticipate hearing the word and then to, to listen with trust. Um, often we, I would say this is kind of because of our secular age. We have, uh, we listen with suspicion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, why would you say that? Mm. What is, what does that mean? What's the, you know, what does that person want from me? Mm. Right. Am I, am, is the wool being pulled over my eyes? And sometimes this is a wise way to listen. I, you know, I think because things like advertising, right? right? We, we need to have that perspective, um, in regards to advertising and some media. But I think that this, it's, it's called academically a hermeneutic of suspicion. The suspicious mm-hmm. attitude has... Hermeneutics over- is how we listen and appropriate right. the scripture that's given to us. Yeah. yeah, or any text. Any text, right. And and so this suspicion has overtaken us. Yes. And now people are, are dubious about so many things. Right. And rather than sometimes saying, you know... The, I don't know as much as I think I do. And I'm going to approach the text and trust the Holy Spirit's work through the tradition of the church to trust the biblical text and trust how my pastor has discerned for this to be preached today, which is really countercultural. Yes. And and in the sense that we're in this together, both pastor and parishioner, in this moment together. Right. To really exercise and practice trust. And I guess I'm not talking about this because I am awesome at this. I am not. Yep. but I think it's an invitation for us to say, Jesus, help me trust you. Yeah. And help me trust as I listen. Yeah. And um, when people, when you respond to the sermon, the, the, the question isn't, you know, did that make me feel good or did I like it? The question is, is what was God's invitation for me? Yes. And sometimes we might learn something. Hopefully you'll learn something about the text itself, um, which will increase your knowledge. But being Bible experts isn't our main goal. Our main goal is to be followers of Jesus. That's right. So uh, what I love about your response, and I'll say this to close, um, is that it wasn't super practical ways to listen to a sermon because there are practical ways. You mm-hmm. know, some people are, you know, it's going to help you if you take notes. I, One of the things I would suggest for people who are at home is, you know, get dressed on Sunday morning. Don't mm-hmm. don't just be in your pajamas, you know, mm-hmm. set this apart as a special mm-hmm. time. So there are practical things that we can do to listen and listen well. But really before any of those practical things, it's, preparing your mind and your heart to say, God, I believe that you have something to say to me. Mm -hmm. I believe that you are speaking and that there's a moment that's being created um, for me as a parishioner in this church um, where the, where the pastor and, and, and is, has heart has been prepared. And and now I'm preparing my heart to be in this moment together to listen to how you're speaking. And I think you have to have a developed 
uh, belief and trust and faith in the work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in order for um, this sermon listening process to really be fruitful um, for both us as preachers, but also mm-hmm. for parishioners. And yeah. uh, so I suppose that's our, that's our prayer. And, and you right. can begin, I mean, it's a Thursday right now, right? You right. We can begin now going Sunday morning, start preparing my heart. Right. You Prepare know. my heart to hear your word, God. Yeah. And, and we can, you can even pray, say, you know, God, take away my heart of flesh, my heart of stone, sorry, yes. take away my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Yeah, soften. Yeah. Soften my heart yeah. to hear you. Unstop my ears. Yeah. Open my eyes. And uh, God will honor that prayer yeah. be- because it's a posture of humility. Yeah. Um, it's not a posture of pride. And um, I, I think one of my hopes in amid this, this pandemic is that in a year or five years, People will come, will, will reflect on this time and say, yeah, that was a hard time. It was weird. It was challenging. But man, did I grow closer to Jesus. And so when we come back together again, we are all more deeply rooted in Christ and more ready to, to respond to the call that God has for us as a church. Amen. May it be so, God. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Joy. Thanks yeah. for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure.